Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Man, I'm glad to be in church. So glad that you are here and looking forward to uh, sharing today. Before I preach, though, I want to recognize a very special person and a very uh, special anniversary for that person. Uh, This weekend, uh, we are celebrating Pastor Sonia Figueroa, our student ministries director, uh, creative arts director here at the church as well. 20 years, 20 years of full-time ministry here at Faith Assembly. Come on, let's give her an incredible round of applause. In just a moment, in just a moment, we'll invite her up and honor her. But uh, before we do that, we put this uh, video together of just some people sharing how important she has meant, uh, had been to, the, to their lives. And so check this out, and then we'll bring her up. Pastor Sonia, congratulations on 20 years. You're a creative genius. You're so passionate about everything you do, and I'm so inspired by you every day. I remember the countless impacts that you've had, not only at Faith Assembly, but literally around the world. I couldn't be more proud to congratulate you on everything you've done and be witness to it almost from the beginning. I'm so thankful you're my pastor. I'm so thankful for your wisdom and your leadership. I love you so much. I wish I could be there to celebrate you, but just know I'm always cheering you on from afar and praying for you. I remember the first conversation we ever had was you telling me that God had an amazing calling on my life. And ever since then, you've been trying to pull that leader out of me. And I think that's what you've done for countless amounts of people in the past 20 years that you've been here. So thank you for being such a blessing. I want to focus on the voice. You took that thing and ran with it. And it is still going uh, all these years later. And you've done such an incredible job leading it. When we went to Nicaragua many years ago, and you gave this 19-year-old girl a chance to preach and translate now I get to go on the mission field by myself and do that exact same thing. And so it isn't lost on me that I would not be here without you. I'm so grateful for the amount of influence and leadership that you have had in my life, teaching not just myself, but so many of us what it is to be a person of integrity and uh, to walk in humility. I am so grateful to know you. I'm grateful to be family to you now. Um, thank you for being my first ever fine arts coach my under shepherd leader you have made such a profound impact on my life and thousands of others you're so inspiring thank you for um pushing me to be better and inspiring so many people to be better and then even pushing your nephews to be better i just commend you for always fighting and never giving up i still can't believe that when we moved to Orlando, that you'd be a trailblazer. I shouldn't have been surprised though. You were already witnessing for Christ at age three and calling your papa irreverente or irreverent when he changed the words on one of your favorite Christian songs. I really hope that Jesus will let him watch this occasion from heaven where I'm sure he'll have a big smile with two thumbs up saying, that's my Sonia Salsa. Dios te bendiga, felicidades, 
enhorabuena y te quiero mucho. Amen. So, my wife is coming and Pastor Sonia, she comes. Come on, church. Let's give Pastor Sonia just an incredible ovation. Amen. So, so we've got a gift for her. You can be seated. We've got a gift for her. And on behalf of the board and myself and you guys, we've also uh, blessed her with a, uh, a financial gift to uh, just commemorate this incredible achievement and all that she has meant to this church. Um, we've had the privilege, my wife and I, working uh, obviously close with Sonia for all of the years that uh, she's been here. And I think her passion for student ministry, most of us know that. Uh, she um, pastored The Voice, our college ministry, for probably 13 plus years of, of this, uh, 20 years, and uh, has been the lead youth pastor here for the la a little over a year, and has just taken the youth ministry to new levels in, in that. Um, but let me speak to something that maybe some of you maybe wouldn't automatically know about Pastor Sonia, and it's this. Um, she, yes, loves the students of this city, uh, but she loves the church. She, she bleeds faith assembly, and she'll do anything and everything at any moment uh, if it'll advance the kingdom and if it will help faith assembly accomplish what we're called to accomplish. And so we love you. You're the best. Um, you want to say anything this morning? Um, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. I am I'm humbled and I'm honored um, to be a part of this family for 20 years. Um, super excited for the next 20 plus years to come. Thank you so much. All right, God bless you. Hey, Faith Assembly. Last Sunday, we asked some of our volunteers why they serve here. Let's see what they had to say. To serve even in the small ways is just um, such a gratifying experience to be able to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. And all the great people that come in and the opportunity just to meet people in various walks of their faith and help them to get plugged in, feel a part of the church. I've seen how it's impacted me, what, what people serving has impacted me, impacted my family, um, and I've received a lot of that. And so now, just like as Jesus has said, I want to be a servant leader and help the community. Knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference, no matter how small we may think it is. This is home, and so it's been home for me. I like it to be home for other people. My heart is for people, and it's amazing to see other people's lives change, but most importantly, just like serving God. Being His hands and His feet, or however you want to say it, I feel closest to God actually doing that kind of thing. The feeling, is it feels good for me. I know it feels good to other people. Well, just, you know, the burden I have for uh, the high school students and also just being obedient to what God has me to do. I love connecting with people. I love hearing just the stories and just knowing that I can serve and just give my whole heart in serving. It's just been a blessing. The relationship with the kids and getting to know them and spend time with them and invest in them. Yeah, yeah a good example of that is there was a kid that was with us. I mean, gosh, it's been probably 20 years ago over at Goldenrod. and. Uh, we got such a relationship with him. He actually invited us to his high school graduation. And then he still comes by almost every week to, to see us and just say hi and check in on us. And so it's just amazing to see kids grow up. And then uh, a lot of them have come back and they've worked with us here. And it's just great to see what God does in their lives. It's really fun. And there's a lot of opportunities. They get to keep serving. Oh, I love people. I love their shirts and I love what I do. 
I have healing through ministry myself. So just in helping other people, um, the Lord blesses me. I think it's who I am. I love God and I love people. Amen. Yes. Well, one more thing about Pastor Sonia's anniversary. We do have some cupcakes as a reception after the service. So you can head to the atrium and, and greet her and congratulate her. Um, also, I want to take a moment before we dive into this word and greet our campuses. They're linking up right now at this time. Michigan Street Campus and our Red Bug Lake Campus. Yes, here at Curry Ford. We do, we just kind of celebrate that we're all one big, one big happy family linking up. And at Michigan Street Campus this morning, it's a special Sunday there because uh, we are celebrating 10 years of incredible pastoral ministry by Pastor Astani and Marisol there at the Michigan Street Campus. And so um, they're also uh, reception there following. And boy, we, we love uh, Pastor Astani and Marisol the way that you guys love and care for that uh, for that campus as campus pastors. And so uh, we bless you guys as well at this time. If you uh, have a copy of God's Word, we're going to read John chapter 13. We have been in this uh, series last week. We talked a little bit about all hands on deck, and uh, Jamie and I were out for uh, a couple of Sundays, but the reports about our death were greatly exaggerated, okay? We're, we're okay, and uh, so glad to be back today. Uh, John chapter 13, I'm excited to, to, uh, to share on this thought of, of jumping in and being involved in ministry. What, a, what an opportunity we have to do that. Um, John chapter 13, and we'll read verses 4 uh, through 12, and then we're going to look at kind of both sides of those verses in just a moment. John chapter uh, 13, I'm sorry, John chapter 13, verses 4 through 12. If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay, I got some good love from the middle. How about the sides? Are you there? John chapter 13, everybody said all right, I even heard it from the campuses. Awesome. Let's read this. It says, so he got up from the meal. That's, that he would be Jesus there. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. What a dramatic moment this must have been. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, well, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, well, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. So, so that changed Peter's mind. He said, okay then, Lord, then don't just wash my feet, but my uh, hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, well, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their, their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you are clean. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said, not every one of you is clean. Verse 12. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. And look what he said. Do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I've done for you. I'm praying that at the end of this message, we'll understand what that means. Um, but let's go ahead and, and pray as I preach this second week of all hands 
on deck. Um, will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. I pray a prophetic, a fresh anointing upon your word. And Lord, we pray as a church that we would hear what you are saying to us. So God, speak to us. Just pray that right now. Just say, God, speak to me that, that I would know what you're calling me to do and who you're calling me to be. God, speak to us today. We are ready to listen. We're ready to obey you. We're ready to see your kingdom advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody, everybody, everywhere said amen. Amen. Well, when I was thinking about this, this title of these couple of messages, All Hands on Deck. Obviously, it's a military, started in the military term with on a, on a naval ship, they would say that. It kind of was calling of all the uh, soldiers to get up there and, and be involved in whatever was going on. Uh, I started thinking about something that happened in my life probably three or four years ago. Um, what in our, in our backyard, what happened is our backyard started to look a little bit haunted. That's how we described it. Um, we had a tree that was growing some moss and it was hanging over. And then uh, we had a broken down swing set back there that was scary looking. It would have been scary to get on because it probably wouldn't have held you. And we had a fence, a wood fence that had been up in our backyard for at that point probably uh, 17 years or something like that, 18 years. And uh, to be honest, um, that fence had seen better days. A lot of baseballs going through it, a lot of football, soccer balls, uh, dogs, like different things. And, and it had faded a lot and I had patched it in places. It just looked very haunted, very scary. It was time to get a new fence. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that meant we had to tear out the old fence. And so I called a couple of guys uh, who I thought would maybe come help me. And so a couple of us did. There was maybe like three of us. And we started in trying to tear that fence down. And I mean, just the first panel was was so painful to try to tear the first panel down and dig up those posts and carry that first panel to a trailer. And by the time I got done with the first panel, I was already done. I'm like, I can't, this is not gonna happen. Like, I don't even know. I started thinking about just putting the new fence inside the old fence. And I'll just do that every 10 years or so. And my yard will get smaller, but that'll be easier. That was my first plan. And uh, so we, we keep tearing down pieces of fence, so exhausted. And then... And then I kind of had this epiphany from the Lord. Uh, the Lord reminded me, he said, hey, don't forget about what's going on inside your house right now. What was going on inside my house at that moment is my son Jonah was running a high school boys Bible study and they were at my house for the Bible study. Probably about 10 or 12 high school boys. And so I went into the house after getting a couple panels down and I gave them my best sad Pastor Johnny face and I, I called them into ministry. I just looked at those boys and I said, do you want to do something meaningful for the kingdom? You know, I don't know what I said. Uh, and they just did, man. They were like, yeah, let's go now. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. Uh, they, but they all came out and they started helping. And man, when they started helping, we started making some progress. And we ended up getting that whole fence down. I mean, it was some, some cuts later, some blood later, some one trip to the hospital. Anyway, well, I'm not trying to get in. I don't have time for all the details. But I'm telling you, the progress we made on that project once all hands were on deck. Now can I tell you, church, we are called to some great things in the kingdom. 
Okay, let me be specific, because I, I didn't sense that a ton of you were accepting this and believing this with me, so let me say it again. Faith Assembly, we, Faith Assembly, we're called to impact this city. We're called to reach this city. We're called to pastor this city. The, our influence, let me say it this way, our influence in this city is just beginning from what God's called us to do. And for us to reach the, the people that we are called to reach, for us to make the impact on this city and on this world the way we're called to, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take all hands on deck. I, I don't know, we, we like to talk about ratios and what percentage of people are engaged and what percentage just attend. I would, I would hope this. I just hope everybody would just be engaged in ministry. Matter of fact, twice as many people engaged in ministry than even attend the church. You go, well, that's impossible. I know, that's my goal though. I just want everybody to be involved in ministry. And, and we make these opportunities really unashamedly because there's not much better you could do with your life than advance the kingdom. And so we, we make these opportunities un, unapologetically. So we read in John 13 this masterclass put on by Jesus illustrating and explaining what ministry looks like, what serving looks like. I mean, it's an absolute masterclass. And we read about the actual physical moment in which he's actually doing this ministry, this moment that he's wrapping this towel around his waist and he's rolling up his sleeves and he's literally getting his hands dirty as he serves those around him. We just read that. But at the end of that, we read it, he said, now do you understand what just happened? So it's more than just us hearing about the fact that Jesus does this with the towel and rolls up the sleeves, gets his hands dirty, washes feet. But we have to understand what that means for us today. He said, do you understand what I've done? That's what we're going to try to, try to uh, do here today is understand what this all means for us. And we'll look at what he said and what he experienced on both sides of the actual illustration of the physical act of ministry. And the first thing that Jesus reminds us about as he does this master class on serving, the first thing he reminds us about is this. He reminds us about expiration. Expiration. Did you know there's an expiration date on your ministry? There's an expiration date on your opportunities. Much like on the jug of milk in your refrigerator right now. You know, sometimes when you pull out that jug of milk and it's no longer in liquid form, now it's in solid form, and you're like, what's going on here? And you look and you see the date on there, you go, well, that was a good year. I remember that year. You know, there's, a, there's an expiration date on our food, but there's also an expiration date on our ministry. Let me say it this way. The opportunities... The needs that are around us today are unique for today. And they will not necessarily be the needs that are around us and are the opportunities that are around us tomorrow. So Jesus is in this moment with his disciples and there's very much in that room a right now need in that room. So those those disciples' feet were dirty, and this was uh, back in the Eastern culture, back in that time, this was a normal thing, a lot of open-toed sandals, a lot of dirt roads. People would come into homes. Normally, there would be a servant or a worker, somebody assigned to that job, and yet in this moment, in this environment, there is no such worker assigned to that job. And so there was a very much a right then 
right now need that Jesus realizes, okay, I, I've, I've got to fill this. No one else is, so I will. And this need is not going to be the need necessary tomorrow. It's a need for right now. We need to be aware of that, that there are needs that are now that may not be needs tomorrow. So our ministry has an expiration date. But more than that, look at verse 1 of John chapter 13. Verse 1, it was just before Passover festival. And look at this. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew that even his own life had an expiration date. Jesus knew that even his own days and his own moments were not going to be uh, given to him forever. Jesus knew that not only does ministry have an expiration date, but so do we, which is why it's so dangerous for some of us, because we do this, so dangerous for some of us to go, okay, I know I should get involved in a ministry team. I know I should get involved in serving people, but I'm, I just want to wait until next month. I just want to wait until next year. I just want to wait till the next time we do another big series about this. And I think by then I'll have my stuff together and I'll have my, 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 my salvation worked out a little bit more and I'll get involved in. The problem with that thought process is all of the ministry that expires between now and when you think you'll be ready. Let me tell you about my first ever BMX bicycle race. First of all, I'll just start the, start the story with the end of the story. My first ever race, I came in in third place. Thank you. Yeah. A couple of you realized that accomplishment. It almost, it almost seems like some of you also know more about the story because what you may not know is I, I did come in third, but in my very first BMX bicycle race, official BMX bicycle race, um, there were actually only three racers in that race. <laughs> So I call it third, some people call it last place. Don't be putting that label on me, all right? Uh, I came in third, but I got down to the end of the race, and at the end of the race, there was this double jump thing. And, uh, and I'd been around the course practicing, and I knew that if you got to that point, I knew that the good racers would just go up and jump over both jumps at the same time. And that was my plan. And I get down to the end of the race, and I'm neck and neck with the other two racers. I might get first place in my very first BMX race. This is going to go on my ESPN 30 for 30 when I'm a world famous whatever, right? And I get to that last jump, and I'm getting ready to go for it, and something within me goes, play it safe, be careful. And so I just instead kind of stayed on the ground, and I went over both little humps. And while I'm doing that on the ground, both those other bicycle riders are just like flying over me like superheroes off to the finish line. And I, and I, I came in third, otherwise known as last, in my very first race. But here's what I didn't realize in that moment, that that was also the last race I ever raced. It was the last time I ever had a chance to do that. I didn't realize at the moment how quickly the expiration date was going to go. You look at me and go, hey, it's not too late. Come on, do it. And so maybe I will. Like 2023, I'm getting back into it. We'll see. But no, it's so dangerous when we start to think, I'll just wait. Ministry has an expiration date. If you don't jump in, I mean, just think about today, for instance. Think about this service. This service will never be replicated. You go, we have a service every week. I know, but today could be somebody's first service at, at, at a church like this. It could be somebody's last service at a church like this. We don't know. 
We'll never have this combination of people in this room, on this campus, at the other campuses. We will never have this exact combination of people ever again. And I'll tell you this for sure, we'll never have the needs that are represented here ever again just like they are right now. And so it's always changing. It's not gonna be the same guests coming in the parking lot next week that came into the parking lot this week. And so somebody driving around a parking lot, maybe it's their first time, they've never been exposed to Jesus which is what we're called to do. We're called to introduce and expose people to who Jesus really is. And let's say it's their first time and they're driving around the parking lot and they can't find a parking spot and so they drive off. And that was today's need. But let's say a different scenario happens where somebody's out there working that parking lot and they know where the one spot is that you can't see from the outside road and they're out there waving them in. Oh, how that changes. But that ministry moment expires. It's not the same next week. It's not the same kids in, in, in Kids Way or in the nursery as there is this weekend. It's not the same needs represented in the families next week than what's represented this week. It's not the same uh, prayer requests at the altar today as what, as what was at the altar yesterday or as what will be at the altar next week. Our ministry has an expiration date, which is why there's urgency when we talk about getting all hands on deck. Jesus reminds us of expiration, Jesus also reminds us of motivation. Verse one as well of chapter 13 and verse two, it says, having loved, this is talking about Jesus, having loved his own who were with him in the world, he loved them to the end. I mean, this evening meal's in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to portray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. This all speaks of motivation. Did you hear it? Because Jesus is going, I know that I'm gonna return to God and Jesus was gonna give an account for the obedience to God the Father, which is the same thing for us. That should be part of our motivation to serve, knowing that we will stand before God and give an account for our life, not just for the things we did, but we'll give account to God for the things we were capable of doing. Read it. It's all over the Bible. That it's not just judged by doing something, but it's by doing what I was capable of doing. And the same will be for us. So that should be part of our motivation. But also there was another motivation in there in verse 1, and it was this that he loved them to the end. That love would be part of our motivation. And we go, well, I, know, I, don't, I don't know if I have the time to, but if, boy, boy, the things that I love, don't I find the time for the things I love? Don't we all find the time for the things that we love? I just wanna encourage you, when we talk about motivation, never lose your why in ministry. The, the why is so important, why you do it. Some of you are involved in maybe a ministry team right now, and maybe you've hit that point where there's a little bit of burnout, there's a little bit of exhaustion, maybe there's even a little bit of, of, of uh, hesitancy, or maybe there's some, uh, uh, some bitterness towards what somebody is expecting you to do. And I would, I would submit this, that the reason why we start to have those thoughts is because, is because we have lost our why. I don't have to do ministry. I get to do ministry. You don't have to do ministry. No, you get to do ministry. Keep that why in the forefront of your ministry efforts because when you understand the why, it's because I love God. It's because I love people. It's because I give an account to my life for God and it's because I want to serve people. When you keep that why in the forefront of your mind, it'll keep your heart and your motives pure. 
See, like self-righteous motives, self-righteous service, it requires external rewards. I need people to validate me all the time. I need people to recognize me all. I need reward all the time to do my service. But pure motive service rests and, and is content in hiddenness. Even if nobody knows, I know why I'm doing it, because I love God and I love people. Self-righteous service picks and chooses whom I serve. If it's gonna advance my, my agenda, I'll serve them. But pure motive, the why, when I understand the why, it's indiscriminate in ministry. I, it's just whatever need is around me, that's who I'll serve. Self-righteous service is affected by moods and whims and what kind of week I had as to whether or not I'm gonna show up to my ministry assignment. But when my motives are pure, I'm faithful in my service. It doesn't matter if I'm having a good day or a bad day. I know I'm called on a good day and I'm called, come on, on a bad day. Self-righteous service will fracture a community. You get people doing ministry and they have the wrong attitude and the wrong mindset and it'll fracture a community. But when my, when my heart is in the right place, when my motives are pure, my community will be built. And that's what we're doing here. Pure-hearted ministry. I guess the greatest definition of ministry I've ever heard, and I, I use it all the time, maybe you've heard me say it before, but if you are taking notes, uh, write this down. The best definition of ministry I've ever heard is this. God's resource coming in contact with human need. Ministry is God's resource coming in contact with human need. Now I want you to stretch your brain and think about every expression of ministry that you could possibly think of. And when you do, none of them I don't think will land outside of that definition of ministry. You think about just a smile on a, on, on a guest experience team's face. Somebody walks in for the first time and they're greeted with people smiling. And just that smile could be what somebody needs most, right? Somebody could be coming in and just having a rough week. And you know, smiles are harder and harder to come by out in the world because people are just down and depressed and defeated more than ever before. And somebody walks into a building where everybody's smiling, these big old cheesy smiles everywhere they look and they'll be thinking, what are they pumping in? to the air in that building that has made all those people smile. And we go, we know what they're pumping. We're not pumping. God's pumping the Holy Spirit up into this room. And it just, and so what is it? What's that smile? It's just God's resource coming in contact with a human need, with somebody walking in all down who needs that smile. So every single aspect of ministry lands in that definition. And I think the ultimate depiction the ultimate demonstration of that definition of ministry is the cross. Think about it for a second. God's ultimate resource, his one and only son, coming down in contact with human need, not just human need, but mankind's greatest need. Listen, we can talk about meeting people's physical needs, and the church is all about that. We are all about that. We're doing that every week, meeting people's physical needs. But I'm going to tell you right now, no physical need is greater than the spiritual need of your soul to be reconciled with, with God Almighty. That is the number one need. And so the cross represents ministry, that God sends Jesus his ultimate source, his ultimate resource, coming in contact with man's greatest need. And so that's what the cross, it's what the cross kind of represents is this. It's the reconciliation between, between God and man. 
That's what this beam points to, is that as Jesus hung there on the cross, it's, it's God's resource coming into contact with, with your greatest needs. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm gonna finish the message in just a moment, but even right now, there are many under the sound of my voice, and you need the ministry of Jesus today. You're not reconciled with God. You, you just know who you are. You know what's going on in your heart. You know you're not in right relationship with Jesus. You know you've been kind of wandering and doing your own thing. And I would say right now in the middle of this message is a great time. Today is, and this moment won't be here any other time. This moment is unique, but some of you need to accept the ministry of Jesus Christ who, who came to that cross and, and died in your place taking the punishment of your sins so that you could be reconciled with God so that you could walk away from the sins of your past and be new in Christ. And if that's you today, matter of fact, let's do this. Let's, let's just close our eyes all over this whole property. Let's close our eyes there on the campuses. If you need Jesus today, you need reconciliation with Jesus. You know who you are. I'm not gonna beg and plead but this moment is unique and this moment is special. And if you need reconciliation, if you need the ministry of Jesus to be applied to your soul because you're outside of relationship with God, if that's you, nobody's looking around. It's between you and me and God. Some of you are already lifting your hands because you know what's coming. If that's you, come on, lift up your hand right now. That's you. I need, I need reconciliation with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Come on. I need Jesus today. Thank you. In the, in the middle, there on the risers, I need Jesus. There at our campuses. I need reconciliation. Thank you. I believe, I believe you're genuine. Thank you. Anybody else? Let's do this. Let's pray across all of our campuses. Matter of fact, pray with me if you would. It's not that I have a sentence that gives you access to heaven. We're just going to communicate the change of heart that's going on in you. The belief on what Jesus' ministry means to you. That you believe on that for salvation. That's what we're going to communicate. So pray with me. Everybody say out loud. Say, Jesus... Thank you for dying for me. God, thank you for sending your resource to meet my need. I ask you now to be the Lord of my life, to change me, and I will live for you all the days of my life. Come on, say this. Say, my life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just put our hands together and thank God for that? incredible moment and that's what that beam speaks to but then there's another beam on this cross of ministry and this other beam in this cross of ministry speaks to something else it speaks to this you see this beam here is going up and down our connection to God. But the other beam on that cross is talking about and speaking and communicating our connection with one another. That we would give our lives in serving to one another. That yes, that we love God, that that's part of our ministry, but also part of our ministry is to love one another. The way Philippians 2 says that we would put others' needs above our own. What would happen if we as a community, that's just kind of how we rolled, that we just walked around constantly putting other people's needs above ours. What would happen when people come on to this property? Because listen, as the church, maybe we can't compete with some of the stuff that the world has to offer. When you want to talk about entertainment or you want to talk about some sort of 
whatever else people are looking for. But you know what the world can't compete with? Is the love of God. I mean the love of God pouring through people to one another. Somebody comes, comes on this property and experiences the love of God. Oh, I promise they'll come back if we live that beam of the cross. Our campus pastors are going to take the service and, and finish the message there on the campuses. God bless you guys as you do. But it reminds me of what Mark Twain, a quote that he said. He said, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Oh, we're, we're born to love God and to love people. Jesus also reminds us in this master class on service, he reminds us of imitation. Imitation, verse 14 and 15, he says, now that I, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done. Imitate me, Jesus said. You saw what I just did, now I want you to do it. Now this is not in a narrow sense of washing people's feet. That was that right now need. Now that's not a need in our culture now because things have changed. So it's not about that specific need. No, it's more about an attitude of humility that says whatever the need is, I'll be the one that fills it. Imitate Christ in that way that I would give my life for others. I would, I would do whatever is needed in the moment. Somebody goes, yeah, but I don't know if I'm qualified for this, and I don't know if I'm spiritual enough to get involved in, in ministry. Let me just present you this thought. What if it's the actual ministry that starts to qualify you more? Because you're never more like Jesus than when you're giving yourself in service to somebody else. Did you know that the actual serving people might be part of your sanctification process? That as you serve, as you give of your time, as you give of yourself to serve somebody else, you're actually becoming more and more like Jesus. That's why we say all the time around here, we're not using people to complete ministry. No, we're using ministry to complete people, right? We're, we're using ministry to make us more and more like Jesus, Jesus reminds us of imitation, and finally, Jesus reminds us of invitation. This might be the most important part of all of it. Because in verse 20, after this moment of service, this master class on serving, Jesus says this, and I want you to pay attention real close to this. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. Hmm. Let me say it again. Jesus said, anyone who accepts anyone I, I send accepts me. So, so could we get very practical? Because what, what's, what's the context he's talking about that? Serving. I mean, he's, he's just done all of this serving, all of this giving of himself for someone else's need. And then he says, and if anyone accepts anyone I send, they accept me. So if someone's out receiving someone who's come onto this, into this church for the first time and maybe they don't know Christ and there's some greeter at the door with a big smile on their face and that person receives that greeter, you know what happens? 
that person is a whole long ways towards now accepting Jesus. Why? Because they accepted someone Jesus sent. When you, when you serve in ministry, whether it's handing out a, a grocery bag to, to a family who needs groceries or, or in kids' way or in youth ministry, when you, when you serve, you're not there representing yourself. None of us have enough to offer to, rep, to represent ourselves. No, we are there sent by Jesus. And if we can get someone to accept our ministry, as we're sent by Jesus, Jesus told us what will happen. If they accept you, mm, they'll, they'll be accepting me. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important that all of us, I mean, as many as we can, get involved in reaching and giving of our life because of all the people that we're called to reach. Listen, church, do you love God? Come on, do you love God? Do you love people? Well, let's be involved in that. Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for calling us. And we just want to be obedient to you, so speak to us. Speak to your people today about what we could do to advance your kingdom. Speak to your people today about what we could do to help Faith Assembly reach our mission of impacting this city and this world like few churches ever have. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you, we love you. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.